but um, if you didn't get one, please please do. It's um, this is this is going to be really valuable information, and it's not just information. It's uh, a key to walk in victory, and so it's really um, something that I hope that you will tune into. Open your eyes, open your ears, open your heart, because this is one of the most valuable things I've learned in 65 plus years of being a Christian. And it's, it's not, this is not from me, this is from the Lord. It's not exclusive to me, it's part of um, something that we learn as we mature in the Lord. And so I've spent a number of years learning these things and I had the opportunity to sit with a more mature woman who shared a lot of this with me years and years ago and I want to give that to you. Uh, I think it's probably one of the top five things in understanding who you are, understanding where you live and the kingdom of God and so please, please pay attention because this could save your life. Uh, and I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, Jesus saved your life, but we continue to be, work out our salvation. And so as we continue to grow and learn, we continue to become more and more who we're supposed to be, who we were created to be. So at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he went to John the Baptist and he was baptized and then he went into the wilderness for 40 days. When he came out of the wilderness, he went back to the Galilee, where he was from, where he'd spent a lot of his lifetime. And he went to the synagogue and he preached. And they handed him a book to um, teach from, and it was the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is a powerful, powerful book. If you're not familiar with Isaiah, you, you need to be. So that he opened, I'm going to have to put my glasses on just a second. <laughs> so he opened the book and he uh, turned to Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, and I'm going to read it to you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That goes on into some other things in Isaiah, but it's repeated again in Luke 4, where Luke is telling us about this account. So this is, this is Jesus' beginning of his ministry. This is his manifesto, so to speak. This is his ministry. He's telling you what he's here for, his purpose. It's our purpose as well, to bring the good news to the afflicted. Afflicted are people with hardships, the poor, people who are suffering from disease and illness and perhaps some um, handicap. To bind up the brokenhearted, and I think we've all been brokenhearted, he's going to bind up, he's going to, heal that wound that's in your spirit to declare liberty to the captives and those who are held captive 
is often a mindset. Yes. Not just being locked away in a prison, but captive to some old mindsets, some lies that we've believed. So he came to bring liberty to the captive. He came to bring freedom to the prisoners, those who are trapped in these lies and mindsets and need to break free so that they have right thinking, they are of sound mind. And then to declare the favor of God. Jesus came to let us know that God loves us. That as Wink was saying, he, God calls you worthy, calls me worthy. He would not have given his only son to die for you if you were not worthy. So we are worthy. And this is one of the areas the enemy loves to attack, to make us feel like we're, we're worthless. We're not worth anything. So when you were born into your family, you were born on this earth, you were born into a worldly system, a system that was already established in the world. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations. So the world system is, is going to be hard. It's full of darkness. It's full of wickedness and evil. But it's the world we've been born into. It's a kingdom of darkness. And the ruler of this kingdom is Satan, the devil, the enemy. We'll interchange those names. And then when you were born again, and if anyone here does not feel like they've been born again, please, at the end, there'll be people down here. Please come and pray with one of the prayer people because be, being born again is how we enter into the other kingdom. Being born again translates us from this kingdom over here of darkness, of tribulation, of wickedness, to this kingdom over here that's full of light, that's full of love, that's full of the kingdom of God. So we've, in, the, in Genesis, it talks about the garden and there's two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we now know good and evil exists here in this world because we are born into it. When we're born again, in this kingdom, we're born into light and goodness. And this kingdom is ruled by love. And Jesus is king in this kingdom. So you get translated, you get transferred, you actually moved out of one place to the other. And when you move over into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, you have to sort of relearn everything. That's why we are referred to a lot of times as baby Christians. You start over. You have to unlearn a lot of the ways of the world and learn the ways of the kingdom because they are different. They are almost diametrically opposed to one another. They are so different from one another. So as we grow and we mature and we learn things about who God is and who he says we are and what he's done for us and what he's going to continue to do for us and the victories that we already have, we need to learn that in this kingdom so that we can live and operate in this kingdom and actually walk in victory and be an overcomer. 
So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, I've referred in um, this to, um, it starts off saying we're a daughter of the, and we're armed and dangerous. We're armed and dangerous to the enemy. And this is boot camp today. So welcome to boot camp. <laughs> boot camp is not something that most um, military people look forward to. It's a rough, hard time, but that's not what's going to happen here. I will not be rough and hard on you, but I am going to give you keys to walk in victory, to walk in an overcoming way, and not to get under things. I've had lots of healing, lots of prayer, and at times, years ago, it was really difficult for me to hang on to that. I would wind up right back in what felt like the same situation, although it would be a different situation. And I cycled through this, okay, yay, I'm free, I I'm, I'm got revelation, I understand, and now I'm back over here trying to um, deal with these same issues. They just keep coming up and coming up. Well, part of that is understanding the kingdom of God. When you get revelation, about the difference between these two kingdoms, you have a re responsibility. God opened the prison door for you. He came to give you freedom, and he opened that prison door. You are responsible to walk out of that door. If you want to, you can stay right there in that prison and just remain in very much the same situation emotionally, spiritually, mentally that you were in before you got that revelation. So this requires effort. This requires you doing something. It's not magical. It doesn't just happen. It's a process. All of life is a process. So what I'm telling you is you partner with Jesus. When you accept him, you partner with him. He's done all of these things. He's made this way for us. We have to walk in it. We have to take steps to own it. We have to take steps to be really and truly rooted and grounded in this kingdom, not that one anymore. It's like this little child who grows up and starts to learn how to live in this world. We're growing up and we're learning how to live over here. So it's really important that we get that now. And part of what we need to understand is these two kingdoms war against each other. They're opposite almost of each other. God's given us the kingdom of heaven and we own it by taking ground. We own it by growing up and maturing in the things of the Lord. And so that's going to require that you do something. Yes, prayer, miracles, signs and wonders, those are awesome and amazing, and we all get to experience those. But this is going to require that you do something in the natural. What looks like here on earth, the ways to do things. So it's... It, I hope you get that, that this is two different kingdoms we're talking about, and what you're learning about is the kingdom of heaven, which is going to be different if you haven't experienced it for very long. So when you go to boot camp, what are the things they do to train a soldier? They, they train them in strategic 
ways to war against the enemy, to understand the enemy and how he works and how he schemes to get into um, this battle with you and how he lays traps and how he comes up against you in, in ways that you might not know about unless your eyes have been opened and your ears have been opened to understand the schemes of the enemy. So they train you in that at boot camp. They train you in the ways of war. They train you with weapons of warfare. Because you don't want to go into a battle where there's weapons and you aren't armed with anything. You have nothing. So these are going to be some of your weapons. It's not all-inclusive. This is some of the, the ones that I personally have worked and used and have become fairly proficient with. And so we're going to talk about, about that. I'm going to give you knowledge of the schemes of the enemy. And with that knowledge comes a responsibility to do your part, to step into this thing. And so the scripture talks about in Ephesians 6, when it talks about the armor of God, because the Bible talks a lot about warfare. The armor of God is... Um, one of the things that we learn about when we're understanding in boot camp what we do. And it's so that when we have done all, and what we do all in warfare is a spiritual thing. Because we know war against flesh and blood. This is not this world over here where people kill each other and attack each other and do horrible things to each other. This is the kingdom of love. And in this kingdom, our warfare takes place in a spiritual sense. We're not going to be carrying guns and shooting people in this kingdom. But we have weapons that we war against the enemy and against those powers of darkness and wickedness that operate in the kingdom of the world. And that kingdom is a, a kingdom that's ruled by fear and in darkness. This kingdom is ruled by love and Jesus, okay? They're, those are two different things. So we need to understand that we're not fighting with humans. This is not a war. Ephesians 6, 12 tells us we do not war against flesh and blood. We war against rulers and against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, this world darkness. That's where this battle takes place. So if you find yourself at any time warring with people, feel like you're in a battle against a person, it is not that person. It's a spirit perhaps behind that person. It's a spirit of the world, and that's where you do your battle is against, against those things, not against um, a person. So if you'll want to look at your handout, I'm going to start with talking about the ways of the enemy. Um, again, if you'd write on your handout next to the ways of the enemy, fear. And this is the kingdom of darkness. This is his number one 
always uses fear. It's one reason the Bible says over and over again, 365 times, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not have a spirit of fear. I don't give you a spirit of fear. I give you a spirit of a sound mind. That means you're anchored. You're standing firm. So the enemy is going to use fear. And the ways he uses it are different. One of the things he loves to do is isolate you. Get you by yourself. Fear comes in. You want to withdraw. You don't want to be around anybody. You're afraid you're going to get hurt. So you isolate yourself. You sometimes are sick or ill and you can't get out and you're alone and you feel alone. You feel like you're the only person in the world that has ever gone through this. You, you, no one would understand. No one would recognize what you're struggling with. That's the scheme of the enemy. Recognize it. He attacks your identity. If you're, if you're a child of God, your identity is grounded and rooted in what God says about you. So what does he do? He comes to you and he says, you're not worthy. God doesn't love you. He wouldn't love anybody like you because you're so sinful. You're so awful. No one, if they knew who you really were on the inside, would want to have anything to do with you. So you're isolated in this little voice that you hear in your head. These tapes that run over and over in your head say those kinds of mean, ugly things to you that aren't true. They're lies. Because God says, you were worthy enough that I sent my son to die for you. You're worthy enough that I want to spend all eternity with you. I don't want to be one day without you in my life. I love you. I call you blessed. I call you wonderful, amazing son or daughter of mine. I want to just wrap you in my arms and love you. That's what Jesus came to tell people. This is the year of the favor of the Lord. We have his favor. His favor is all over us. The enemy wants you to believe you, you do not have favor. You are not worthy. Those are the lies the enemy will whisper in your ear. He often starts with, with sleep deprivation. Where you, you, you're awake half the night. You're exhausted the next day. And then the same thing happens again and again. Or you get sick. And all you can do is lay in bed and try to sleep. You're physically weakened. You're physically weakened by these things. And what happens when you're weak? You get picked off by an enemy. He goes after the weak. He doesn't go necessarily to the strongest person in the group. So he isolates you, gets you by yourself, so he can be the only one whispering in your ear and telling you these lies. He, he um, attacks your identity so that you don't feel loved, you don't think anybody loves you, much less God loves you. No one else is speaking into your life because you're isolated. And then he gets you weakened in the flesh. You, you're, you're exhausted, you're under so much stress, you can't deal with anything, you feel like you can't carry one more thing. 
Then he stirs your emotions up. And women especially, we, we go through monthly cycles, We've, we feel things intensely, we're seers and sensors, and we're taking care of other people all the time. We're doing things for our families, for our friends, for our coworkers, and he stirs those emotions up. So maybe, maybe you hear someone said something untrue about you and unkind, and it upsets you, and now your emotions are all stirred up, and you feel like um, you're not loved. There's gossip. Maybe you're one of the people that's being gossiped about or slandered against, and you hear those things, and your emotions get involved, and you get worked up. And I'm, I'm a, a perfect example of how that happened to me time and time again. And I thought my emotions were true and real. Well, they're real emotions, but they're not true necessarily. And they're not necessarily accurate at all. Because how many of you have been in a situation where you thought the world was crashing down on you and you get a phone call and it's the best news you've ever heard and now you're up on a mountaintop where 30 seconds before you were in the valley. That's your emotions. They don't tell you the truth. They tell you how you're feeling at the moment. But that's not a permanent situation. They're going to be up and down and all over the place. And so the enemy wants to stir up your emotions. So you're not standing firm. You aren't anchored in the truth. Now you're just being washed to and fro by every wave that comes along. Another thing he loves to do is when you're in this highly intensified state of emotions is you get offended. It's like being bruised all over and the minute somebody bumps up against you, it hurts and then you're upset with that person. Or you're upset with something they did or said or didn't do or didn't say. And we get so offended that we're like walking around wounds, oozing out offense. Because when we're offended, and we hold on to offenses, we wind up offending. That You've all heard, I'm sure, the statement that says, hurting people hurt people. Offense is a hurt, a wound that we carry around. And if we don't get that healed up, we don't forgive, we don't step out of that place of offense, we go around hurting people because that's what's going on in us. That's the trick of the enemy. If he can get you hurt and you hurting other people and then those people hurting other people, that's the kingdom of the world. It's darkness. It wants to keep us there. It wants us to live in this state of fear, in this state of unworthiness, in this state of unloved. The kingdom of God is different. We're going to look down at the, the third one on your notes that I gave you on weapons of our warfare. We're talking about this kingdom, the kingdom of God. Remember, it's ruled by love and by Jesus, and everything in this kingdom works through love. It's not mean. It's not slanderous. It's not offensive. It's love. 
And if you feel yourself operating in fear, move back. Move back to the kingdom you've been born again into. It's as simple as that. You take a step, but you have to recognize it. Yes. Recognize it is so important, and that's why I, I want you to get this, is if you recognize it, it's a little step. You can make it. You turn. You, you change the way you're thinking. You don't think like the world anymore because you're not of the world anymore. You live in it, but this is where your spirit lives. This is where your inner man lives. This is where you've been born again into this kingdom. And so everything in this kingdom, and right that at the top of that, our weapons of, of warfare all come through love. And this is the kingdom of Jesus. Our, one of our most important weapons in this kingdom is what we started here with today, worship. You know, the Bible says that God inhabits, that means he lives in our worship. He inhabits our praises. And do you know that when God's in the midst of your circumstance, your situation, your life, the enemy has to flee. He cannot stand to be in the light. Remember, he lives in a darkness. He's shrouded in mystery and covered up in darkness and, and wickedness and evil. Over here, when the light comes, darkness flees. So the first thing I do when I feel like the enemy is doing all these little things and these little schemes are happening and I recognize it, I go, aha, I know what this is. I know what's going on. I know if I want to bring out the big guns, I worship. I may not feel like worshiping. I may, all I want to do is cry and feel sorry for myself and be angry at people and say mean, hurtful things to myself and to others. But if I'll worship, and turn my focus and my eyes onto him, it changes the atmosphere. Almost immediately the atmosphere changes. And I'm talking about the inside of you changes, the atmosphere inside of you where the presence of God lives because he lives inside of you. That changes. And now it's not this horrible darkness it's this hope, it's this joy, it's this presence, it's this peace that comes over me. And now I, I've got my eyes focused on Jesus, not the problem, mm -hmm. not the thing that the enemy is doing in my circumstances to stir me up and keep me spinning in this world system over here and spiraling down <coughs> We don't do anything but spiral downward over here. Over here, we go up and up and up with him, and we live in heavenly places with him. So my first recommendation always is going to be start worshiping. And I don't just mean put on good music or put on worship music. I mean you enter in yeah. to worship. You step in. Now that's part of what I'm saying about taking effort. Something you're going to have to do. Come on. 
Because your body and your flesh, the circumstances are going to say, you don't feel like worshiping. God doesn't love you. He doesn't want to help you. He's not going to meet you in this circumstance, in this need. If you will deny that, deny the flesh, mm -hmm. and step into this place with Jesus and start to worship, your, your victory starts and begins right there and then. Now, remember, we have victory because Jesus said, I've overcome the world, and so will you. But we have to appropriate it. We have to make it happen for us. It's, it's there. We've read the end of the book. We know we win. We know the battle is his, and it's won. But we're in all these little skirmishes right here and right now, and we've got to take some effort. We've got to take some steps to actually win victory for ourselves, to become an overcomer ourselves. Jesus has done that for us spiritually, but we get to step into it. So do not listen to the lie that worship isn't going to make a difference, and do not listen to the, the lie that tells you you're all alone. No one understands no one could possibly understand my mess, my situation, my circumstance, how much this hurts, the pain that I'm in, no one can understand. You know what the Bible says? Nothing, nothing is new under the sun. It, Jesus went through all of it. We all go through stuff. Yes, it may look different, but we all go through it. That's just part of living in this world where we live. The most important thing you can do is ask for prayer. Now, there was a time in my life when I thought asking for prayer meant there's something wrong with me. Well, yeah, there is something wrong with me. <laughs> and I need help. And I need help from my brothers and my sisters. And I need help from Jesus. I need help from the Holy Spirit. And so do not believe this lie. That asking for prayer is a weakness. It's your strength. It's a strength. Don't fight a battle alone. Again, what does he want to do? He wants to isolate you, keep you alone. God wants you to step into community and relationships with other believers who will pray for you, who will walk with you, will come alongside of you and hold up your arms when you need your arms held up in the battle. Because we get weary, especially if it's a prolonged, long time of circumstances. Right. Make some noise. You know, if you look at the Old Testament, Jesus always sent the worshipers out first in the battle. They went and worshiped God. So what were they doing? Establishing the kingdom of God. Establishing the victory. And then the, the soldiers often would enter in, and sometimes it would be like when they marched around Jericho, the seventh time what they did. They shouted out loud and the walls fell down. Another battle that talks about they had uh, a light in a, in a pot. They broke the pot and their light shined brightly. He, he, they did physical things that made a difference. I really believe there's, there's a key to saying these things out loud 
in your home, in your car, wherever you are, that you feel free to declare out loud the things that God has told you, that who he is and who you are, who you belong to, and who you're becoming more and more like. So I will say, enemy, I recognize you. I know your schemes. I know what you're doing, but you will not have the victory. I am victorious. I am an overcomer. Jesus has done all of this for me. I lean into him. I call upon him. I ask that um, angels would come and strengthen me and give me the strength to continue to fight this battle because I'm not alone. And, and you declare it out loud. The Bible talks about the enemy as the prince of the power of the air. I don't really know what that means completely, but I know what air is. And I believe what saying out loud does is he hears you. He hears you loud and clear. And you've just made us, you've just yelled and the walls have fallen down around Jericho. You've just broken your pot and your light is shining bright because you've said, all right, I know who you are and I'm gonna step into this battle with you and I'm gonna win and I'm gonna overcome and you are not gonna have a victory over me in this battle that we're gonna go into. And you're gonna bring your brothers and your sisters in with you to help you in that through prayer and through holding up your arms and through reminding you of who you are, not what the enemy might be saying to you. Because we need that. We need people who, at times when we're so weary and we're so under the battle that we can't even remember who we are, we need someone to say, Audrey, you are a child of God. He loves you. He loves you. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy. You're gold and silver to him. You're his daughter, precious, anointed. Stand on the word. If you don't know your Bible, know your, learn your Bible. Read your Bible. Learn the promises that are in this book for you. Every one of us, there's promises. And when I find myself in a particular battle, I will go to those promises that speak to my situation, and I stand on them. I, I literally write them down. I read them numerous times throughout the day. I memorize them. I get them down in my spirit. And I, when I start to hear this little small voice that says, this isn't going to turn out good for you. This isn't going to be what you thought it was going to be. I'm going to devour you because the enemy only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I go to God's word and I say, oh, no, 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 enemy. I recognize you. This is what God says. What did Jesus do when he went into the wilderness? He quoted to the enemy, to the devil, scripture. He stood on the word of God. And I quote to the enemy scripture. God says, I'm an overcomer. I will have the victory. God says that I am loved, that I'm chosen. I haven't been rejected. I may feel like I'm rejected, 
But I had not been rejected because the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the ruler of the kingdom has chosen me. I am not rejected. Get out of here, rejection. You do not belong. That's over there in that kingdom, and I don't live there anymore. I live over here where I know I'm loved and I'm chosen. Yes. Declare those things. To, declare them to this little serpent who wants to kill, steal, or destroy you. You know, the Bible talks about the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, but he really doesn't have the power unless we give him power. And if you agree with him, if you align with the enemy over here in this kingdom, you have empowered him. You have said, I believe you can do that. And so you have just usurped all that you have over here because you've agreed with the enemy. Break agreement. Break agreement with him as simply as saying, I do not believe that's true. I believe this is true. I have, because Jesus says, all power, all authority has been given to me and I will overcome you. I will have the victory over you. One of the hardest things to do when you're in the midst of a battle is to have a grateful heart. But I can tell you, if you turn your eyes on Jesus and recall to mind the things he's done for you and will do for you and will continue to do for you and be grateful for those things, praise him for those things, get your eyes off of your circumstances. Because I, I promise you if, you, if you focus on something, you magnify that thing, you make it bigger and bigger and bigger. If you're doing it over here the world's way, you're partnering with the enemy and making your circumstances and your battle worse than it is. If you focus on Jesus, your eyes are fixed on him and the truth, your battle gets smaller and smaller and your circumstances, while they might stay the same for some time, you now have the power to live in it. You now have the power to deal in those circumstances. You now understand what it is to do warfare. Come in the opposite spirit. You do not fight fire by pouring gasoline on it. You fight fire by pouring water on it. That's the opposite spirit. When someone, because we often think that our battles with flesh and blood, if someone says something to you that hurts you and wounds you deeply, or they betray you, they slander you, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to forgive. First thing you do is forgive. Now you may not feel like forgiving them, you may not feel like saying I forgive them or did anything, but you've just poured water on the fire that the enemy wants to start and turn into a blaze to where now you're doing warfare with that person. You're not doing warfare with the enemy. You've just stepped in and now Wink and I are fighting because I've poured gasoline on something that he said or did that hurt me in some way. And now we're fighting over this thing when that's, that's not what's going on in this kingdom over here. It's a spiritual thing. 
And I do not war against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of power and rulers of this darkness, this world. So come in the opposite spirit. Focus on Jesus, not the problem. And ask for strategies when you're battling. Jesus will give you strategies. Just like he said, march around Jericho and then on the seventh time yell. Go into battle with your lights hidden and then break your pots. Make noise. He'll give you strategies as how to pray, how to, how to walk through whatever your circumstances are and whatever the battle you're in. So I've just given you some steps, some practical steps, because like I said, you're going to have to put forth some effort. You're going to have to move. You're going to have to step from over there to over here. You're going to have to turn your back on this thing that the enemy's doing and face what Jesus is with you in. So these are just some practical steps, and I'm just going to read them real quick. Uh, get with a trusted friend. Friend, When you feel isolated and you feel like you're all alone, get with somebody. Do not stay isolated. Pick up the phone. Call someone. Tell them what you're going through. Ask them to pray for you. Get outside. Just being out in God's creation can change how you feel about isolation. I love to get out and take a walk or even take a drive in my car out in the country. Um, repeat out, out loud who you are and to whom you belong. That's, I believe, so important. This declaration, this is who I am. I'm a daughter of the King of Kings. He loves me dearly and I belong to him. If you're sleep deprived, if you're sick, be good to yourself. Take naps it, whenever you can. Get a massage if that helps you to relax, if that makes you feel better. Um, watch a funny movie sometimes can just change how you're feeling. If you're feeling depressed and anxious, get your mind off of those things. Actually do something to make a change. Take courage and take control of your emotions. Speak to your emotions. You know, we're supposed to be have self-control. Our emotions are not supposed to drive us around and have us going back and forth and up and down. So take control over your emotions. Speak to your emotions. Look, I know this is how you feel, but that is not how you're going to feel. That is not who you really are. This is just the circumstances. And you remind yourself of what Jesus has done for you in the past. I love to go back and say, remember when you did this. I remember Jesus when you did this for me. I remember when you went to battle with me in this situation and we had the victory. Remind yourself of those memorial stones, if you'll call it that, those pillars that you can go back to and say, when I see this, I remember what you did for me. I recall those things to mind, and so I live now in the memory of that. And it strengthens us. It gives us hope because the enemy is going to do everything he can to destroy your hope. If he destroys hope, we're sunk. Because without hope, we don't, we don't even see a way. We're, we're lost in the darkness. We're completely blind. And that's his end game. Destroy your hope. Make you feel like this, this is it. This is the way it's always going to be. So now I'm never going to be any better than this. 
Things are not going to get any better. Circumstances aren't going to change. Find out who hope is. The Bible tells you who hope is. Jesus is hope. He came and gave you hope. He'll continue to give you hope. Go to those verses that talk about hope. Let hope be the thing that empowers you to turn from one kingdom to the other kingdom, to walk it out in the truth. And we have to learn to forgive quickly. Again, forgiveness is not saying what someone else did was okay or was right or wasn't hurtful, didn't hurt you deeply. It's saying, I forgive them. I choose to forgive them. I don't have to feel like I forgive them. I don't have to um, agree with anything that they said or did, I, but I choose to forgive them because I want to be free from that thing. I don't want to be bound up in this unforgiveness which ties us into this whole thing and we just cycle down more and more and more. So learn to forgive quickly. It's, it's simple. Don't go according to your emotions about that. Believe God's word. He says he paid it all. He paid the price for the sin that's been committed against you or the offense that's been committed against you. Appropriate that. Take that. You don't have to feel it, but you do need to do it. You do need to make a choice to forgive and walk in that forgiveness. So keep short accounts. Don't, don't let things build up. I've, I've done that so much of my life. I think that my silence means that um, it's going to somehow go away. But all I've done is buried it. And then something else happens and I bury that on top of that. And I bury something else on top of that. Until like a volcano sometimes I'll erupt in anger and pain and hurt because I haven't dealt with things. When they were little. When they first happened. That's why we're supposed to forgive often. Why we want to keep a short account of things that are done or said against us so that we don't have this long list that then comes out in such a way that it's not even appropriate. Because it's fine to be angry. God says it's, there is such a thing as righteous anger. And we all get angry. What is sin is when we lash out from our anger and try to hurt someone else or hurt ourselves. And so forgive, forgive, forgive. Keep short accounts. I, you know, the, the scripture says don't go to bed angry. Don't sleep on your, your unforgiveness. There's such a key to that of keeping you clean, keeping you free from this stuff, getting it off of you and away from you. If you don't do that, it does build up, just like dirt builds up in your house if you don't clean your house. Dust just shows up everywhere. It infects you. So then on the other page of your notes, I've just given you some bullet points, and I'm not going to go over those. This is for you to take home, because I really want you to get this. I really want you to think about this. I really want you to keep this. 
because you'll recognize the schemes of the enemy. If you didn't recognize them before, you're going to recognize some of them now. And when you recognize them, you can fight. And you have weapons that you know of now. Worship, prayer, friends, trusted friends, believers that you can be with. So, boot camp is over for today. <laughs> but please go home and do your homework. Please go home and um, pray and ask God to enlighten you in these ways so that you become the victory. We've all been a part of being healed from something and then finding we're dealing with it again and again and again. If you want real freedom and you want to walk in victory, you have to take that step. You have to put in the effort. You have to pick up your weapon. You have to step into the kingdom of light and fight the way Jesus teaches us to fight. Okay? So can I just quickly pray something over you? And then there will be people down here to pray. And if you don't know that you've been born again, please come and talk to one of us. But we'll be here to pray for you for anything, everything that might be going on in your life. So, Lord, right now, I just thank you for your your daughters, your children who are here, and your son who's here. And, Lord, we just praise you and thank you that we are in the kingdom of heaven. We are now a part of this world. And we love you that you have not left us as orphans, but you have given us each other. You have given us a father who loves us. You've given us tools to do battle because we are in war. We need to know that. We need to know that we don't just coast through life. Thank you, God, for your weapons are strong and powerful, a pulling down of every stronghold, every mindset that needs to be changed and transformed into the mindset of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. I pray that over everyone here. I declare it to be so. I thank you, Lord, that your word gives us power and authority. And Jesus has given us that. And so we are going to walk in the power and the authority of Almighty God. And we are going to be overcomers and victors in every way. Thank you, God. I bless these ladies. I bless them in your name.